for many years, I have lived with a secret, in a secrecy imposed on all our specialists in astronautics. I can now reveal that every day in the USA, our radar instruments capture objects of form and composition unknown to us. There are thousands of witness reports and a quantity of documents to prove this, but nobody wants to make them public. Why? Because authority is afraid that people may think of God knows what kinds of horrible invaders. So the password still is, we have to avoid panic by all means. Hello, and welcome to Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. I'm Justine. And I'm Gray. Some weeks we break down one larger mystery between the two of us. Other weeks we break down two smaller mysteries on a theme and teach each other about them based on our own independent research. If you want to support the show, find us on social media at Unknowable Podcast. Um, become a patron on Patreon and go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. Heck yeah. Oh yeah. This week, kind of an interesting topic. I like this one. Astronauts take on UFOs and aliens. And aliens. Which is a cool topic because astronauts are what you call like a, a trained observer. Yeah. There's someone who are literally taught how to observe things with their eye and make like estimations on what they think they are, how far they are away, how fast they're moving, how to identify different types of aircraft. They're probably in the know about a lot of like weird stuff that's out there. So if there's stuff out there that even astronauts don't know what they are, it's probably something unknowable. Unknowable. Well, yeah, and we've talked a lot about credible witnesses right? as far as different sightings of things go. And astronauts, I think, are up there in being very highly educated, right. very intensely trained. These are not casual, you know, as much as I do tend to believe people who see UFOs for the most part. Right. These are not just your run-of-the-mill random person living out in the woods. This is a trained professional working for a very, like, high-tier government agency. Right. So this is not just some random person. And people speaking out about this kind of thing in a position like that typically are risking big time. Yeah. Like, we'll see throughout this. There's a lot of, like, pushback from NASA. Yeah. And, like, various agencies of, like, no, you didn't. That's not what you saw. And a lot of backtracking. A lot of backtracking. So, which makes you think, and there's just a lot of, yeah, a lot of two definitive statements about, like, no, Nobody's ever seen anything like that ever. Ever. Which is kind of bullshit. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I My thought was, yeah, so I read something like fewer than 600 of the nearly 108 billion people who have existed on this planet have seen the Earth from space. Wow. And so they kind of seem uniquely qualified to speak on whether or not we're alone in this universe. Right. Because there's really not that many people. I think we watched something recently that I thought said something like there's only... 20-something people who have even, like, stepped foot on other planets. Like, there's a lot of people who have been into space who have never left that shuttle. Right. Who have been up there for various reasons, and maybe they've maybe they've technically left it to, like, work on space station or something like that, but they right. haven't, like, set foot on a planet. Right. Um, so when you think about that, like, there's something like 25 people. Don't, that's crazy. Don't quote me on that, but I swear that's what it said, because I remember yeah. being like, no fucking way. That's wild. Like, I knew it wasn't that many, but I was like, that makes shit. makes sense, though. But fewer than 600 people have actually been up into space. 
And I feel like getting that perspective on the earth, like, you know, we're always seeing stuff in the sky and we have like, you know, the atmosphere, there's like the sun, there's water vapor in the air. There's all kinds of like stuff and like, like, like visual noise that can make it so that if we're trying to identify something that's in the air, it makes it a lot harder for us to say definitively what it is. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're in space, like I'm sure there's a different set of like visual noise that is going to like make it harder to identify things. Mm. But at the same time, like there's no atmosphere, there's no water vapor. It's just empty space. And as we'll see, like everything from lights to like worms swimming through space, like there's some wild shit. I didn't find any info on worms swimming through space. So I'm excited about that. So one of the first people that I landed on, um, that I thought was interesting was major Gordon Cooper who was one of the original Mercury astronauts and the last American to fly in space alone. Wow. Um, that was what that opening quote is from him. Yes. Um, so he was actually a pretty firm believer in UFOs, hmm. which is interesting to me. Um, he had been piloting an F-86 Sabre jet over Western Germany in 1951 and said that he saw metallic saucer-shaped disks mm-hmm. at a considerable altitude and they were able to outmaneuver all of the American fighter planes, which I just automatically thought back to the episode that we did about Kenneth Arnold mm-hmm. yep. describing similar things, the saucer-shaped discs, right. the outmaneuvering, just, again, somebody who was familiar with these types of craft in general who was right. like, I've never seen anything like that. Right. Um, he saw, quote, flights of fighters flying by in the same sort of formation we flew moving east to west. And he remembers the objects looking, quote, just like saucers. They were metallic looking, but we couldn't really get close enough to see more than that. You couldn't see any wings on them. Interesting. Yeah. So he had seen that in 51. Right. Um, He had apparently testified before the United Nations, quote, I believe that these extraterrestrial vehicles and their crews are visiting this planet from other planets. Wow. Most astronauts were reluctant to discuss UFOs. Um, and then a different quote, I did have occasion in 1951 to have two days of observation of many flights of them of different sizes flying in fighter formation, generally from east to west over Europe. Wow. Yeah. So he was like into it. Right. Um, and then he had six years later, so this wasn't an actual sighting of his personally. Right. But he was at Edwards Air Force Base um, in May 1957. And basically there was a crew set up. They had like a precision landing system on a dry lake bed and they had this photographic system that could take pictures at one frame per second as the aircraft landed, um, which I guess, yeah, they were doing to kind of like watch and see how it was landing to be able to like look at these photographs. So he leaves, I think, these two men to take care of that that morning and then he comes back and they reported they had seen a, quote, strange looking saucer like aircraft that they said didn't make any sound either on landing or takeoff, which is a popular Interesting. UFO yep. bit. Um, yeah, he, and he was saying too, that these men, again, like saw experimental aircraft on a oh, regular yeah. basis. That was part of their job. They were like unnerved by what they saw. They were completely freaked out. Wow. And they explained how the saucer hovered over them, landed 50 yards away using three extended landing gears and then took off as they approached for a closer look. So hmm. he's being told this by these people, but he's already a believer. He's seen some weird things himself. So he's like, right. Okay. On board. Um, he called this special Pentagon number that they had to report such in- incidents. And he was instructed to have their film developed, but to make no prints of it and then to send it 
um, into the Pentagon right away in one of those locked like courier pouches. Yeah. So he as he had not been instructed to not look at the negatives, he did. And he said that the quality of the phot- photography was excellent. And what he saw was exactly what they described. Um, and he expected there'd be some kind of follow-up investigation or something. Right. But especially because like this aircraft had landed at like this, you know, classified military installation. So at the very least, there'd be something to be like, what the hell? Like, right. how did they get there? Um, but he never heard of it again. And he was never able to track down the photos, which he assumed went to Project Blue Book, which, as we've discussed, yep. was the government agency that essentially was tasked to investigate unidentified flying objects. Right. So that seems like a, another theme too is like a lot of these like sightings there's like photographs to go along with it. Yeah. And at some point they get sent to NASA and they just kind of disappear. They're gone. They just are gone. They yeah. Are, we've never seen them again. People have like mentioned that they sent them there, that they've seen them, but they're nowhere to be found in NASA's archives. Yeah. Or maybe they are and they're just saying that they're not. Right, exactly. He Gordon Cooper claimed until his death that the government was indeed covering up information about UFOs. Um, he said there were hundreds of reports made by his fellow pilots, many coming from military jets. And in his memoirs, he wrote that he had seen unexplained aircraft several times during his career and that hundreds of reports have been made by various people that he knew of or heard of, but nothing ever came of it. Wow. So, but he was a big believer. Yeah. Which again, to me, I think somebody who's experienced with that kind of thing, who's intelligent, who's highly educated, um, you just don't have the excuse of just saying, like, oh, they're just, they don't know any better. Right. They're crazy. Like, they don't know what they saw. People say that about civilians claiming that stuff all the time. Like, right. oh, well, they don't, you don't know about military aircraft. Yeah, you don't like know a what test they're pilot or something. Of. Yeah. Plus, like, he doesn't have the, a lot of people talk about how you make up UFO stories in order to gain some sort of, like, fame or, like, notoriety. Yeah. And he doesn't need that. No. Like, he's already, like, a well-known, like, he's in fucking space you know what i mean like yeah. he doesn't need that sort of fame and if anything this is probably just a lot of negative press that he gained i mean sure he got to address the united nations but still this like it, it doesn't seem like right detrimental to his career yeah so there's no like personal motivation there beyond just being a believer man yeah wanting the truth to be out there it's interesting too that he said specifically that it was like visitors from another civilization yeah a lot of these encounters they just say like oh like i'm not quite sure what it was it was a ufo in the traditional sense of like an unidentified flying object but he's like no yeah this yeah. is like fucking aliens man these are aliens well i think that it's an important thing when you're <clears throat> discussing ufos i think i mean obviously people's first thought when they think of a ufo is that traditional usually that traditional saucer shaped yeah craft that has aliens in it that's from outer space somewhere which i mean i guess probably anything unidentified it's coming from outer space somewhere but the thought is always that that automatically means that it's aliens which it doesn't right the fact that there's a government program to investigate them doesn't mean that the government is necessarily investigating aliens or other life necessarily but they're just identifying craft that are unidentified right which is not anything extraterrestrial in origin at all unless you're a believer right <laughs> which we are so which we are exactly. so it is kind of cool that they're investigating ufos but you know, in their defense, it is just literally these craft are unidentified. Where are they coming from? Right. Um, and a lot of times, obviously, the concern is safety, you know, national security. Right. Not so much like, oh, shit, there's aliens, but like, where the fuck is this technology coming from? Right. Who is spying on us? Who's able to get past our radar? Like that type of thing. Right. Um, but it's aliens. It's definitely aliens. <laughs> it's always aliens. <laughs> so who do you got? Um, We've got a bunch, by the way. We do have a bunch. I have a lot of like sort of 
like I, I I went more with quotes because I think it's interesting mm. to hear like firsthand. Like a lot of like the the actual mechanics of the sightings tend to be disputed by NASA, so I don't want to like hang my hat on something that may or may not be true. Yeah. Um. Uh. This one astronaut, Eugene Cernan, said, "I've said publicly that I thought UFOs were somebody else, some other civilization." Oh shit. Um. So he was specifically talking about throughout his career witnessing various ufos you know Mm. very like not super cool sightings of just like oh like i saw like a light while i was on the space shuttle or like i saw like a beam of light that like flew over me or little um what nasa called they said it was like ice that had come off of like his like like the thrusters of his ship oh yeah but it looked like these little snowflakes but they like got bigger and like moved faster than ice should have Mm -hmm. um and so, like, they aren't, like, super cool sightings in and of themselves, but he was convinced that they were another, quote, civilization that was visiting Earth and that he had seen several times. Jesus. So his interpretation wasn't just, like, oh, yeah, like, it was some weird, like, atmospheric phenomenon. Yeah. They were moving, like, independently and they had, like, like purpose. Yeah. Which freaks me out. That does freak me out. <laughs> like, seeing lights in space, I can imagine... You're floating, there's, like, the sun, there's various debris, I'm sure, that, like, you know, maybe there is, like, ice crystals and stuff that come off your ship. Sure. And so, like, the light playing off them might, you know, be, like, a glint here and there. But I feel like it would be recognizable to somebody who's spending that much time in space, like a, you know, career astronaut. You're going to know, like, what's, oh, like, that's ice or, like, some random piece of debris from the ship and what's, you know, moving of its own accord and, like maneuvering for lack of a better term well yeah and it's again these people are scientists and they're trained to be able to kind of discern like the most logical explanation for a lot of the stuff and they're not really going to be the people that are likely to just jump to a random conclusion of like oh shit aliens right so you have to think if they get to that point like they've probably already thought of several other more plausible explanations before they got there they didn't just jump to aliens right they were like oh maybe it was this or this or this and then they you know realized in their mind like those don't seem as likely to me right as this being something unidentified right which is fascinating unidentified flying object yeah yeah which is why this particular these particular outlooks on ufos i think are interesting to me because of that because these people have experience if i saw something weird in the sky i don't really know what all of the potential explanations are right and yeah my mind might jump to ufo first right um like that time that you and i saw that plane hovering oh that freaked me out years ago gray and i were driving i was driving downtown and gray was in the car and gray like looks over out the window at some point and he's like what the fuck and there's a plane like a regular like commercial jet and like seemingly just hovering in the air yeah for like a while it was it was a strange thing what i think it was my logical mind i think it was because we were driving kind of near like the approach to the airport. So yeah. I think that it was flying at a low rate of speed because it was getting ready to land. Mm. And our car was moving at like relatively like the same speed as it. So just like the, you know, like like two ships passing, it just yeah. looked like there wasn't any motion happening. It was freaky. But it was really unnerving to see. Yeah. And like it looked like. I don't know, like time froze for a second, like in the sky. Mm-hmm. And then I like, you know, was able to rationalize it, but it was. There was a moment though. I was, I was like legitimately scared. Like, yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh yeah. I had Years. a time I was like on a run a year or two ago 
And I remember like looking up, just I like heard a bird or something, so I looked up. Right. And then I see this thing in the sky. And for the longest time, like the, it must have just been the angle that I could see it. It looked like a really weird shape. Like I couldn't see any wings on it. And I was like, what the fuck? And it wasn't going fast enough to be like a regular plane. And it did kind of seem like it was hovering. And like I flashed right back to that moment. I was like, oh my God. And I watched it forever. Like I'm just standing on like a residential street, just staring up into the sky. Like what? I was trying to take a video, but you know, it's like so far away. Mm -hmm. Couldn't really get anything good. I got a couple and yeah, it just didn't look like it was really moving very much. And I was like, what the hell is up there? Like that is that possible? It looks really far up, but it also must be really big. So I'm freaking out. And then finally, I mean, like probably five minutes into me staring, it turned in such a way that I could see that it had wings. And it was like one of those like small, teeny tiny, like one person planes. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Like they kind of have a different shape and like different sized wings, like in proportion to the rest of the body. So I was like, all right. But yeah, I had a few moments where I was like, oh, shit. Like my first thought was like, I can't wait to tell Gray. Like I'm going to send in this video. I might have actually sent you the video being like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. But, yeah, it turned out not to be anything crazy. But, yeah, my my first thought was just like, yes. Years of watching the X-Files have prepared me for this. Yeah. Like, I got a video. This is amazing. Nobody's yeah. going to believe me. Um, yeah. But, again, we, yeah. Are, we are untrained observers. Yes. So, we're looking. Our first thought is UFOs. Whereas, I feel like an astronaut, yeah. their first thought is going to try to be to debunk it and be like, oh, it's probably atmospheric lensing or yeah whatever weird scientific term you can come up with. Right. And so their last resort is to say like, well, I can't explain that any other way except that it's unidentified. Exactly. And a flying object. We won't say that it's aliens, but... Well, some of them. Some of them do. Fucking Eugene Cernan was ready. Yeah, he was ready. Yeah, so... Okay, somebody else I found was Donald Slayton. Okay. He was selected as one of the original NASA Mercury 7 astronauts and became NASA's first chief of the astronaut office. Oh, wow. Didn't know that was a thing. Sure. Sounds very official. Right. Um, so he revealed in an interview that he had seen a UFO in 1951. Um, he was testing a P-51 fighter. Well, his exact quote, I was testing a P-51 fighter in Minneapolis when I spotted this object. I was at about 10,000 feet on a nice, bright, sunny afternoon. I thought the object was a kite. Then I realized that no kite is going to fly that high. As I got closer, it looked like a weather balloon, gray and about three feet in diameter. But as soon as I got behind the darn thing, it didn't look like a balloon anymore. It looked like a saucer, a disc. About the same time, I realized that I was suddenly, it was suddenly going away from me. And there I was, running at about 300 miles per hour. I tracked it for a little way, and then all of a sudden, the damn thing just took off. It pulls about a 45-degree climbing turn and accelerated and just flat disappeared. Wow. See, and he actually has, like, the vocabulary to explain its flight characteristics. Yeah. Like, he, he's not just looking, oh, it was a flying saucer and it flew real fast. He's, like, he's giving, like, speed, yeah. trajectory, the actual name for the maneuver that it's doing. So he's not just, like some you know country bumpkin like he's he has the language to describe this this was 1951 as well right 51 yeah just like um major gordon cooper yep just like yeah his first yep same year different different country but same year i have a theory as i've discussed on this podcast before i believe (laughs) that world war ii the use of our testing nuclear weapons and the use of nuclear weapons and maybe just the the turmoil and upheaval on the in the earth um revolving around World War II, Mm. kind of released a lot of energy and a lot of, like, electromagnetic pulses into space and acted as kind of like a, almost like a beacon to whatever spacefaring civilizations are out there. Like, hey, by the way, like, we have nuclear weapons now. Yeah. You know, it's an electromagnetic signature that would be very 
like unique. Like mm. I don't think there's anything natural that mimics a nuclear explosion. And right. I could be mistaken. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it would if there were spacefaring civilizations out there, they could be looking for that signature in particular to understand when certain species or certain civilizations have reached a level of technical ability that they could become spacefaring species as well. Huh. So the fact that these are happening in 1951. And the first one, Major Gordon Cooper's, was over Germany. Over Germany. Yeah. And um, the Roswell crash happened in 1947. Yep. This all is kind of like the, the advent of, you know, a lot more ufo sightings yeah like there's been some throughout history and maybe they were just quick little flybys like oh hey we're just checking on this civilization down here on earth to see if right you know you guys are like at a certain technical level yet oh nope you're still in the middle ages all right <laughs> see you later so yeah it's interesting 1951 it's a 51 it's an interesting year it's a big year yeah so that was his his thing which again he didn't say it was aliens right he didn't say anything in particular just that he saw something that he couldn't identify right that Funny that he mentioned the weather balloon thing, but still, this thing was able to maneuver. It was going very fast. It was seemingly, again, like if he's tracking it and he's following it and then it kind of took this 45 degree turn and just disappeared, like clearly it was kind of aware of him in some way. Right. And whether it was messing with him or it was trying to escape or whatever, like it was clearly doing something intentional. It wasn't just going along. If he's following it and it's outmaneuvering him, it's got some type of awareness. Sentience. Yeah. And and the 45-degree turn is, like, non-ballistic motion. Mm. They talk about, like, the idea, like, most conventional aircraft or pretty much all conventional aircraft that we have right now follows, like, a ballistic motion in that there's some sort of rocket or propeller or something that propels the aircraft essentially in a straight line mm. other than helicopters. But even that has ballistic motion, like, going upwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so for something to take a 45-degree turn like that is unnatural for the types of spacecraft that we're currently capable of making. Right. And that's what a lot of people say about various unidentified craft that either it does something like that, like a maneuvering tactic that is just not something that we're currently capable of, at least that we know of. Right. Or, you know, things like, again, like the silent takeoff or silent landing is something that like the craft that we know about doesn't, and you can have something quiet, but like for something to land near you and to have no sound whatsoever emitting from it is not... It's not possible. No, not something that we currently have. So when people see stuff like that, especially, again, people, astronauts trained in this type of thing are like, what the fuck just did that? Right. This is not something that we know about. So, Hmm. yeah, I thought that was kind of a cool one. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, So I got one. So Leland Melvin. Okay. He's the astronaut. You may have seen his official NASA portrait where he's sitting in a chair and he has two golden, his two golden retrievers are licking his face. That is... Just wholesome. Right? So wholesome. Such a good <laughs> such a good dude. Such get, a good dude. I get a good vibe. Good vibe. Um, so he was on one of the, um, oh, what's it called? Space shuttle missions. Um, and he was looking out the window and he witnessed something, quote, organic or alien-like float out of the payload bay. Interesting. It was translucent, curved, organic looking. Whoa. Almost like some kind of weird translucent worm that awesome. like swam out of the bay. And he like radioed to NASA like, yo, what's going on? They're like, oh, it's just ice. Just ice. And he's like, uh, oh, it's not. No, That's no. Not. I just can't understand how NASA would be so quick to just 
say something like that so definitively. Because they know it's not. When there's no evidence. Yeah. There's no, like, it's not like he, he provided a video and they looked at it and then had engineers look at it and they came back and said, we've determined that it's probably ice. Right. He's just like, hey, I saw this, like, fucking translucent worm swim out of the fucking bay. And they're like, oh, it's ice. Yeah, it's ice. You're good. Which, like, what ice have you ever seen looks, like, curved, organic, and translucent? No. Yeah. No. And the fact that he described it as organic for some reason makes it seem... And he, he he tweeted this, and then he tweeted, like, little alien emoji. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. That's right. I so, almost included that in mine, and I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And this was August 2018. Right. This was recent. So, this is and not... he likes dogs. He's a believable guy. Right. I don't think I he would lie him. to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of those things, too. Like, I partly I didn't include those because it, it did... Like, people were like, oh, he's just, like, messing around. Like, he's just pulling people's leg or whatever. Like, he knows that it was ice, and he's just trying to, like, play it up kind of joking. But I was like, again, it falls in the same line as, like... We haven't gotten to some of these yet, but some of the ones where it's like somebody's like, yeah, I saw this weird thing. And then later on, they're like, oh, like it probably wasn't. Right. Like it was probably something like it was. Yeah, it was just ice. Like where it's like, does he not want to believe that he saw what he saw? Did somebody tell him to not keep talking about what he thinks that he saw? You know, I feel like it is one of those things. Like if if we want to believe that we're living in the X-Files world. Yes. Which we are. (laughs) I do believe that. And I want to believe believe that. I want to believe. I want to believe. Then... We have to think that if the government is aware of these things, and not necessarily that they're aware in the sense that they know exactly what they are, that they are in control of it necessarily. Like, there's right. a whole lot of factors up in the air as far as specifics go. Right. But if we want to think that they are aware, which if anybody's going to be aware of this stuff, I would have to argue that it would be NASA. Yes. Um, That they, again, the opening quote that we did. Yes. There's a desire to not cause panic. Right. Um, Which I do think goes along with the desire to withhold information in general mm-hmm. for all kinds of reasons. Right. But if their desire is to kind of keep things on chill, keel. Yeah. Then they maybe aren't going to be like, yeah, we saw some fucking worm. And we don't know what the hell it was. Yeah. We have no idea what it was because people are going to freak out. Right. Even just the idea of like NASA having to say like, I don't know. Like, we don't know what that shit was. Yeah. Like, having to not have an answer is an uncomfortable position to take, especially when you are sort of like the authority on space travel, not only in the United States, but arguably like in the world. Yeah. We're the ones <clears throat> who landed on the moon, supposedly. Supposedly. It's unknowable. <laughs> it's unknowable. Um, so like we're like, you know, NASA's like the authority on space. And so for them to just have to say like, you know, like we don't know. Yeah. Is an uncomfortable position. And I, I, I get that to an extent. Sure. But I feel like, you know, we talk about, I mean, just like in like a personal way, like being able to admit what you don't know is a strength. And so I feel like NASA could garner a lot more respect if they Mm. said, like, we don't know what this was. Like, we saw this thing and we don't currently have an explanation. We're not saying it's aliens. Right. It's it's an unidentified flying object. Yeah. And just sort of, like, embrace it and embrace the question. And maybe 10 years down the line, they'll be like, oh, hey, we figured out that was atmospheric lensing. Right. Said twice now, but it's because it's like the it's like one of those like canned <laughs> responses, good. like swamp gas. Yeah, but weather balloons, weather balloons, it's fine. Yeah, and especially since they are like a scientific organization, it you know that should be their goal to be like, hey, we don't know what this thing is, right? But we're gonna find out. We're gonna and figure that's, it out. That's exciting, right? But to be like, nope, ice, like no question, don't even yeah. think about it, is a little sad because it kind of like squashes that desire to go explore, right? Because it's just like, well, we're already we were just told what it was, so right. Nothing we can do. Right. But, Hmm. I don't know. Um, Okay, I've got Joseph A. Walker. Okay. um, NASA pilot. On May 11th, 1962, 
He said that one of his tasks was to detect UFOs during his X-15 flights. Um, he had supposedly filmed five or six UFOs during his record-breaking 50-mile-high flight in April of 1962, um, which was apparently the second time that he had filmed UFOs in space. Um, so he did say during, there was a lecture at the, this is a long one, Second National Conference on the Peaceful Uses of Space Research in Seattle. Jesus. He said, I, quote, I don't feel like speculating about them. All I know is what appeared on the film, which was developed after the flight. And to date, none of those have been released for the public. Hmm. So again, UFO, just unidentified, yep. not necessarily alien. Right. But he's saying that one of his tasks was to detect those, which kind of goes against the fact that, you know, there have been times that NASA has been like, no, right. we've never seen any UFOs. So if this guy is saying that one of his tasks was to detect them and photograph them, right. then we have to at least acknowledge that there's a good chance that there are unidentified flying objects right. in space around Earth that we maybe don't know what the hell they are. Right. So, which again, he he was one of the people in this grouping that like was quick to say, like, I don't know what they are. Right. I'm not going to say one way or the other. I don't know if he believed one thing or the other. Mm -hmm. Maybe he totally doesn't think that they're anything <clears throat> weird. I can respect that. I, I respect the opinion that, like, yeah. of a trained observer being able to say, like, I don't have enough information to definitively say that this was aliens or whatever, but right. I also don't have enough to say that it definitively wasn't or it was something. Exactly. I just don't know what it was. I totally respect that opinion. Yeah. But I feel like I a lot of that. these people are willing to talk about the encounter initially and then, like, later on down the line, they, like, walk it back and walk it back. And like, well, I didn't actually, like, say that was taken out of context. I yeah. didn't actually, like, that's not what I meant. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't say that. that they're aliens. Yeah. Don't, don't put words in my mouth. Right. It's like, we're not. You literally said those words. You literally said <laughs> You those said those words. words. Yeah. No. So, I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Um, all right. I've got this one quote from Scott Carpenter, who's cool. a, an astronaut. He was an astronaut. <laughs> he went into space. He said, um, at no time when astronauts were in space were they alone. There was constant surveillance by UFOs. Shit. Period. That's scary. That's fucking wild. That's really about. scary. And like that's in no uncertain terms. No. At no time when astronauts were in space were they alone. Jesus Christ. So we're going to see like when we get to like the whole Neil Armstrong thing. Yeah. We're going to get to some potential like reasons for the surveillance. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that since we left Earth's orbit, we have been constantly surveilled by a space-faring civilization yeah. that has a vested interest in keeping tabs on what we're doing, why we're doing it, how we're doing it. Which um, makes sense to me. It does. And it makes sense that all of these sort of like sightings have not necessarily just been random. Like, oh, like just like a... Like, we saw, like, this light pass by, and it was just somebody going from point A to point B, and, like, we just happened to fly by them. Yeah. The idea that, like, there's a level of surveillance, that, like, they're keeping tabs, they're tracking us, they're trying to see, like, what we're doing, what we're capable of. It's yeah. it's kind of disturbing. And I can see the whole idea of, like, not wanting to cause mass panic. Because right. if we were, like, positive, like, yes, <clears throat> we are absolutely being surveilled by something or someone but we don't know who they are what they are how they're surveilling us why they're surveilling us where they're from we don't know any of these things None but these like things. everything's cool like don't worry about it guys it's great yeah so i can kind of see that they've never done anything scary but like i feel like they should trust us as the public and if you open that up like think about crowdsourcing the stuff that you can do when you crowdsource something if you open it up and just say like hey so we've noticed 
since we've been leaving Earth's orbit that we've been being surveilled. Yeah. This Just is what we know FYI. about them. Here's some photos of the, the crafts. Let's figure it out together yeah. as, a, as a civilization. Let's put this on Reddit. Right. Let's throw it on. Okay. We'll get an answer. Throw it on fucking Reddit and we'll let's talk about it. a million trolls trying to do dumb shit. I believe in the power of Reddit. But we'll get one solid answer. That is the truth. Dude, I'm telling you. Okay. Reddit gets a lot of shit. Yes. And it, it deserves earns, it. It earns a lot yeah, of it, shit. It er- definitely deserves the shit that it gets. But yes. there are lots of groups. I mean, there's like the typical stuff where it's like, you know, somebody posts on Reddit like, hey... My grandpa's a veteran and he's sad about this thing. Like, can we get him a bunch of cards? And like people come together and then like all of a sudden this sweet old veteran has like a thousand birthday cards in the mail. Like they do good stuff like that too. Yes. Where it's just a whole group of people coming together and doing some awesome shit. Um, They've got like the Christmas thing that they do every year, which is like a gift swap thing that people can take part in. Like a massive gift swap type of uh, like secret Santa, I guess, type of situation. Okay. Um. And that's kind of cool. Like some celebrities sometimes come into that, like not necessarily huge, huge people, but like some decent celebrities come in or people that are like the CEOs of big companies that like surprise somebody. I remember there was one year, I don't remember, I should like know this to give the person proper credit, but it was somebody like some big higher up at like PlayStation or Xbox or something. Yeah. Um, Somebody was totally surprised that they got matched with them and didn't realize it until they got their gift, which was like, you know, a fucking video game system with like a bunch of games and all kinds of shit. And they were like, holy fuck, like... I spent $30 on my gift and, like, somebody just sent me a bunch of comp shit. Right. Um, but there's some cool subreddits on there where people are, like, kind of crowdsourcing, like, a medical diagnosis where it's kind of, like, you do get people from all over right. the world that are, like, doctors and have all kinds of experience. It's, like, just that shared. It's, like, the same idea as Wikipedia. I yeah. love Wikipedia for that exact reason because you have people from all over the world trying to come together to, like, solve a problem or condense knowledge or there's like some quote from someone like if you want to get the right answer on the internet post the wrong answer exactly everybody will correct you they will correct you and you will get the right answer yeah so there's a lot of good shit to be said about reddit so i think that nasa should crowdsource it (laughs) crowdsource on reddit yeah crowdsource on reddit if you're listening nasa throw it on reddit why not why not what's the worst that can happen yeah the worst that can happen is you're gonna get trolled is pizzagate yeah it's gonna be terrible so okay before we get into neil armstrong yes because that's gonna be the big one um, let's see. So there was a gentleman named Al Warden who had taken part in one of the Apollo moon landings. Um, he didn't walk on the moon, but he orbited it. Um, so he did an interview with Good Morning Britain, and I did not see when this was exactly. I think this was not long ago. Okay. This was like at least in the past 10 years. Interesting. Um, so he's a believer in basically... The idea that the sort of like ancient, uh, the ancient astronauts theory. Ah. Uh, yes. Yes. Which, this is not the first person in this grouping that is a believer in that, by the Interesting. way. Um, so he, I think they asked him at some point if he believed in aliens. And so his answer, and this is a little choppy because this is like his exact quote. So there's a little bit of like repeating and stuff. This is not me doing that. But uh, his quote I've been asked that question hundreds of times. Are there, do you believe in aliens? That I say, yeah. Have you ever seen one? I say, yeah, I have. Well, how have you seen him? Well, I said, I look in the mirror every morning. That's what we are. We are the aliens, but we just think, we just think we're saying, we just think <laughs> there's somebody else, but we're the ones who came from somewhere else because because somebody else had to survive and they got in a little spacecraft. Then he came here and they landed and they started civilization here. That's where I believe. He also said... 
quote, and if you don't believe me, go get books on the ancient Sumerians and see what they had to say about it. They'll tell you right up front. Interesting. So he like fully believes that, you know, <clears throat> aliens from some other planet civilization, you know, for whatever reason had to abandon their planet and come and settle elsewhere and that they did that here and that we are the descendants of those aliens, which again has been talked about a lot. You know, some people theorize yeah. that's why when you see descriptions of aliens that like they have, you know, you kind of think like, well, why are aliens so human-like in their right. Two eyes, build? Mouth. Exactly. Like they're two, not two exactly like us, but yeah, they look essentially human, just right. a bit different. So the theory, of course, is that we look similar to them because we came from them. And we have evolved over the years to just like any creature evolves and looks different at its inception than it does thousands or millions of years later. Evolution. But yeah. Interesting. So he believes in that general concept, which again, I think hmm. is interesting coming from a, an educated and trained NASA pilot. Right. Interesting. I've, I've definitely heard the theory of like, you know, civilization or not civilization, but life came to earth from a, meteor that like broke off from mars that originally had like you know so like some bacteria survived on the meteor yeah came from mars landed on earth boom that's where life came from on earth but i haven't heard the theory of like us being essentially like refugees from Mm. a dying civilization well i think there's two different takes on that too because yeah there is some take on that that we just we essentially formed from that bacteria or whatever right but then yeah there are other people who think that like we legit you know, they were fully formed as yeah, essentially fully formed and like started a civilization and then evolved over hmm. who knows how many years. There's a lot of like interesting parallels you could draw there, like the Adam and Eve story. Yeah, coming to the there's, garden. I feel like Ancient Aliens has to be like a whole episode. Oh yeah, we're gonna have to do an episode on that. because there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. There. There's a ton of shit there. So, yeah. but I thought that was kind of cool that he believes that. So, and again, this was like a recent, <clears throat> pretty recent interviews. So this wasn't. I mean, it wouldn't really matter, but this is something that he's probably thought about right. um, and I believe in the interview as well he also mentioned that he thinks that that might be where we're headed essentially yeah. that we're going to outgrow this planet as we are on pace to yes and have to go elsewhere great so we just fucking land on a planet yeah like wreck it multiply kill it yep move on to the next one move on to the next one which is why humans are more similar to parasites yeah. than any other animal we infect a host we consume the resources of the host and then the yep. host dies and we move on to the next one. Move on to the next one. Yeah, it takes us millions of years, but we do it. It's great. It's great. It's good to know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I found somebody from 2005. Oh, the Leroy yeah. Chow? Yeah. Uh, he was commander of the International Space Station for six and a half months. That's an intense job. Intense commander. job. Yeah, the commander. He was doing a spacewalk with another cosmonaut. Um, they were installing navigation antennas. They were 230 miles above Earth, okay. traveling at over 17,000 miles per hour. Can't even fathom that. When he saw something weird. Right. Uh, quote, I saw some lights that seemed to be in a line, and it was almost like an upside-down check mark. and I saw them fly by and thought it was awfully strange. So the other guy he was with didn't see it because he was facing the other way. Um, the explanation, like the official explanation, was that he was seeing the bright lights of a fishing boat hundreds of miles below. Okay. Which he described as flying by. Right. I don't think so. So, also, how high up was he? 230 miles. He was 230 miles above the Earth. Yeah. And a fishing boat, I don't care how fucking big that fishing boat is. Yeah. It is not big enough for you to see from space the clear, like, 
ch- upside down check mark shape right. flying by you. That is well, exactly. There's no way that you'd see it moving shit. because if we're assuming that like the fishing boat clearly is not going at any kind of crazy speed right. on Earth, and then seeing it from above, right. just like if you're even like if you were able to see from up in a plane when it was landing, like you can see the cars on the highway. Right. They're going 60, 70 miles an hour, but they don't look like they're going that fast. No. Because you're going so fast. much faster. Like, yeah, you're going so much faster that they look like they're kind of just crawling along. Right. So he's way higher. Right. Up in fucking space, looking down at a fishing boat, which is not going 70 miles an hour. And That's... we're supposed to believe that that looked like it was flying by to him. Again, yeah. like a trained astronaut. Right. Again, yeah, exactly. Come it's on. not just like he's just like some Joe Schmo. He's a tr- <laughs> he's the commander of the space station. Yeah. I don't think he's just like, whoop, what did I see? Yeah. Oh, fishing, fishing lights. Plus, like, you're in space. you got nothing else to do. You're looking out the window all the time. Yeah. And you're over, you know, the Earth is, what, like 80% water? Right. So you're going to see a lot of, like, lights on the Earth that are, like, you're just used to seeing those. And you're going to be able to differentiate, like, what's a, a – not to mention, if you're far enough away that you're not going to be able to, to discern any shape. If you If there was – if there was – a series of lights on that fishing boat that were in the shape of an upside down check mark or yeah. right side up check mark. From the distance of 230 miles away, you're not going to be able to discern that shape. You're going to see it as a single mass of light. Right. Yeah, so this is one of those examples of just like somebody just gave an explanation. They were just like, yeah. yeah fucking enough. This is a uh, fishing boat. Fishing boat, yeah. And swamp gas. Like, okay, sure. It's the light of Venus reflecting off swamp yeah, gas. absolutely. So it's just like, okay. I don't believe that for a second. So. Nope. And I don't know if he does either. No. So. Wow. Yeah. See, NASA. Get fucking, better like explanations. Fucking NASA, man. Um, okay. And then the other thing that I had, aside from Neil Armstrong, is did you read about uh, Louis Elizondo? So not an astronaut. Okay. But I included this because it was kind of cool. Um, so he formerly managed the Pentagon Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program. Wow. Yeah. And one of his quotes was, my personal belief is that there is very compelling evidence that we may not be alone. Um, This was in an interview with CNN. Um, He said that the program had found, quote, a lot of strange aircraft while it was in existence. Quote, these aircraft, we call them aircraft, are displaying characteristics that are not currently within the U.S. inventory nor in any foreign inventory that we are aware of. Um, He did add in a separate interview with NPR that his remarks don't necessarily mean that they were extraterrestrial. Right. Um, and again, his focus was learning about any problems with national security. But he resigned from the Defense Department in October 2017 and wrote in his resignation letter that there needs to be more attention paid to, quote, the many accounts from the Navy and other services of unusual aerial systems interfering with military weapon platforms and displaying beyond next generation capabilities. Um, so he, along with these two other Defense Department officials, Christopher K. Mellon and Harold E. Puthoff, have created a venture called To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, which, according to their website, aims to investigate, quote, exotic science and technologies. Wow. Um, Again, from the website, quote, we believe there is sufficient credible evidence of unidentified aerial phenomena that proves exotic technologies exist that could revolutionize the human experience. Jesus. At the time that this article was written, which I think was in, like, November or December 2017, they had raised... Over $2 million from nearly 2,500 individual investors. Um, and they also have a docuseries coming this May in conjunction with uh, the History Channel called Unidentified Inside America's UFO Investigation. Fuck yeah. Yeah, according to the History Channel site, 
it will, quote, expose new evidence about the U.S. government's secret program investigating UFO phenomenon. Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. So, okay. Wow. There's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot going on there. So, he was working in such a capacity that it was his job to identify aircraft and identify if they were national security threats. Mm -hmm. So, he's paying attention not just to the presence of aircraft, but trying to identify what they are and where they could be from. Yep. And if he's saying that there's enough evidence that there's aircraft beyond next generation technology. Yeah, that we aren't paying close enough attention to. That's very interesting. Very interesting. And that, like, kind of goes hand in hand, like, you know, NASA just wanting to be like, oh, like, it's fucking swamp gas and stuff. Like, it's nothing. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Not wanting to be alarmist. And this dude's like, no, we should be... Yeah. Paying more attention to this. We should, like, know about this. This should be, like, a thing that we're all paying attention to as yeah. species. Again, like, I don't necessarily think it's alien. Right. This is him talking, not me. Right. Because I do. But <laughs> <laughs> so I could say that for the 10th time. Right. I do think it's aliens. But he's, yeah, he's saying, like, this is even just more of, like, a national security right. issue. Like, we need to know, are there countries capable of this that we don't know about? Like, that's an issue. Well, if we're seeing these right. in you know, in the air or in space above our country, we need to know right. why are they existing there, who's sending them, who has these capabilities that are right. hiding them from us and from the rest of the world. So even just from that perspective, so he, like, resigned over what he thinks is, like, a lack of right. attention to Again, this. Again, de- like, detrimental to his career. Exactly. I'm sure he's not making very much money off this, like, you know, History Channel show. No. Um so he's, like, but taking he's cool. probably a huge pay cut and, you know, potentially not being able to work in the industry that he worked for in his, his whole life to follow something that he feels this passionately about. Well, I'm a little – I wish I had looked up the other two former Defense Department officials who are in on this venture with him because I'd be curious to know what their deal is, too. Right. Um, but, yeah, I just thought that was kind of cool that he went from that to this, like, badass Academy of Arts and Science. Wild. Putting out some sweet History Channel shows hmm. that I'm excited to see. Yeah, me too. So – yeah. It's crazy. So yeah, that was the last person that I had uh, besides Neil Armstrong and then one other related person. Okay. Yeah. So this is sort of like, this is the, this is the sightings that got me interested in this whole topic. Yes. Um, I kind of want to say from the outset that like, this isn't 100% verified. Yeah, not at all. It's, it's disputed by Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin themselves. Yeah. Um, but it could be an example of sort of what we've talked about already of people making statements and then walking those statements back and then eventually mm. just denying that they said the statements altogether that they were taken out of context. Exactly. So it's we're not 100% sure that these were actual quotes, but like it seems pretty credible that they were actually said by Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin mm. at the time and that they've subsequently been walked back and redacted and yeah. you know said that like you were taking my words out of context. Right. But when you hear some of these quotes, you're going to be like, well, what what context would make that make sense? Right, exactly. Okay, so. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. Yep. Landed on the moon. Supposedly the first humans to walk on the moon. Yes. Uh, Apollo 11, July 21st, 1969. Yes. So part of what makes this story unconfirmed is that one of the bits of the story that you'll see on, like, I saw everywhere was that according to a former NASA employee that I'm I'm putting in quotes right now, can't see me, um, Otto Binder, Binder, um, there were like supposedly these other radio hams that were like bypassing NASA's 
broadcasting and picked up this exchange. Right. Um, Otto Binder, I'm just guessing on the pronunciation there, um, was not actually a NASA employee. He was actually a DC Comics writer and a science fiction writer uh. who also wrote some fictional books. Again, he was a believer of ancient astronauts. Okay. Um, but he's the name that kind of comes up in that, which, so then it's unclear, like, did he start this part of the rumor? Did he make up this quote? Or was his name just tossed in there? Who knows? Right. But he was not a NASA employee. Okay. Sadly. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that was that kind of sucks, but. (laughs) I know. I know. But that was just, yeah. So that was, but that was, again, it's just, maybe that was just thrown in to like make it seem more credible that there was a NASA employee that, you know, had gotten this information from these other facilities. Who knows? Right. But. That was kind of one of those details where, like, you read it and you're like, oh, that sounds really good. Like, yeah, former NASA employee. But I remember reading it and I was like, why do I know that name? Like, I feel like I've heard that name. It's just, it's a recognizable name. Right. So clearly I don't know the name of some NASA employee. Right. I'm even, right. you know, I'm questionable on most names of astronauts, really, like, besides the big ones. So I'm right. like, I don't, I wouldn't know this guy's name. And then I looked it up and I'm like, oh. That makes sense. Great. Yeah. Well, all right. So. So that, getting all that out of the way. So take, take all of this with a grain of salt. Yes. Basically. Um, so. Armstrong and Aldrin are walking on the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Who is was this quote specifically Aldrin about the um, the spacecraft? I think on the crater edge. I'm not sure because the when I looked it up, it just said Apollo. Okay, so I'm not sure which one of them is supposed to have said it. Because wasn't one of them in? I think Buzz Aldrin was the first one to take the steps on the moon. Fuck, Siri should. We researched the wrong part of this. Damn it. I don't know. Fuck. Okay. Well, Shit. one of them was in the ship. One of them was actually walking on the on the moon. Mm. This is a quote from the person walking on the moon. Yes. These babies are huge, sir. Enormous. Oh, my God. You wouldn't believe it. I'm telling you, there are spacecraft out there lined up on the far side of the crater edge. They're on the moon watching us. Shit. Right. Yeah. So one of the things that I saw, so there's that, and that's, again, debated. Right. Who knows? Maybe. We're not saying it's true. We but want it to be true. I want it. I want it's, it so bad. It's to badass. Be true. But do I want it to be true? true? Kind of. Maybe. I, I mean, want. I guess I want it to be true, but it also is terrifying. It's like they haven't done anything bad yet, but like maybe they're ramping up. Right. That's what I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But so that's okay. So then supposedly there was a professor who wished to remain anonymous. Yeah. Which again, you can look at that as classic. Doesn't want to destroy his career, but wants mm-hmm. the truth out there. Or this is just clearly a hoax because we don't even know who this guy supposedly is. We can't confirm it. Right. Um, he said that he was engaged in a discussion with Armstrong during a NASA symposium. And so the professor asked, what really happened out there with Apollo 11? Armstrong says, it was incredible. Of course, we had always known there was a possibility. The fact is we were warned off. There was never any question then of a space station or a moon city. Like the moon city is the <laughs> part that gets me a little bit. Yeah, fucking moon city, bro. It was bro. a fucking moon. We knew there'd be a moon city. <laughs> moon city, man. <laughs> Yeah, like they're both just, uh Um, So the professor says, how do you mean warned off? Armstrong says, I can't go into details except to say that their ships were far superior to ours, both in size and technology. Boy, were they big and menacing. No, there is no question of a space station. The professor says, but NASA had other missions after Apollo 11? And Armstrong said, naturally, NASA was committed at that time and couldn't risk panic on Earth, but it really was a quick scoop and back again. Hmm. So... Again, you can say that that makes us more credible. Somebody else supposedly talked to him. Been saying a NASA symposium implies that there's multiple witnesses. Right. So, but there's no telling, and there was no info about who this professor was. Again, if they wanted to stay anonymous. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And there was another doctor who said that Armstrong had relayed that message to Mission Control that two large mysterious objects were watching them, um, but the message was never heard by the public because NASA censored it. Right. So, again, plays into this whole conspiracy. Right. So the, the pieces of this that I can believe is that NASA would censor something like this, that they, even if, um, you know, Aldrin and Armstrong were, you know, saw like some some unidentifiable light or something. Yeah. And said like, oh, I, I, I don't know what that is. It's conceivable that NASA would censor that because mm. they don't want panic. They don't want to have things get out there that they don't understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I could believe that. Um, and I could also believe that they saw these things and made these statements at the time. And when they got back to Earth, NASA's like, dude. Yeah. Stop. No more. We heard We heard you. Yeah. We're looking into it. We get it. We'll talk about it. But you can't talk about this to anybody. Yeah. And then Armstrong's like drunk at some symposium and he's like, yeah, dude. Fucking. Rip, moon City. Ripping his, his vape pen. <laughs> yeah. I saw a fucking Moon City and that yeah, professor's moon like, City, all right. Man, that's what. Yeah. I want to stay anonymous because right. I don't want my name attached to Moon City. Well, and like him describing like, yeah, like their spacecraft were like more capable than ours. Mm. They were like enormous. They like. All of that fits with, like, what we know about UFOs and or quote-unquote know about UFOs and all of, like, these previous sightings that we've talked about, them being more capable than us. Yeah. Um, It would also make sense that, like, these bigger ships are on the moon, like, you know, stationed on the moon or whatever, Mm. and, like, the smaller ships that these other sightings have been about sort of, like, come out of the bigger ship and, like, go and, like, travel around the Earth and then, like, come back and, like, dock in a bigger ship that's on the moon. Right. And again, it fits into the whole, like, they're just observing and they're not doing anything violent. You know, they warned them off, but they weren't going to, like, right. didn't, like so shoot at them or anything crazy. What does that mean? So, like, I don't know. that would imply that, like, the human civilization is in some way in contact with a spacefaring civilization and are able to communicate in such a way that the spacefaring civilization was like, dude, stay the fuck away from the moon. Yeah. And we're like, fuck you, we're going to do it anyways. We're doing it anyways. We have a computer, like the, the computers that NASA supposedly flew to the moon with have less computing power than a handheld calculator nowadays. Interesting. So we're like this spacefaring civilization, like don't come to the moon. We're like, we're going to come at you with our like <laughs> three megabytes of computing power. Yeah. And we're going to do it anyways. We're doing this shit. And then they're like, dudes. Yeah, we see home. you. We see you on the moon right now. We're we're, we're watching you. <laughs> we're watching you. We've got cameras everywhere. Hopping around, sticking your little like flag up on yeah. the moon. What is this shit? Like, got rid whole, of that shit immediately. Like warning us off from the moon. That's a weird. Yeah. That's freaky. It's a little freaky. Yeah. Yeah. So that whole story is debated. Right. Um. So then I found info on this guy Maurice Chatelain. Yes. Nineteen seventy nine. Well, I can't. That like year came up, but it didn't actually connect anything. Forget that. It doesn't matter. But he was the former chief of NASA communication systems. Um, and he believes that some UFOs may come from our own solar system, specifically yes. Titan, yep. which is the largest moon of Saturn. Yes. Um, again, he's a leading proponent of the ancient astronaut theory. Uh-huh. He um, wrote a book called Our Cosmic Ancestors in the 80s. A, quote, dynamic work unraveling the messages of these universal astronauts and decoding the symbols and visual mathematics they have left for us in the Egyptian pyramids, Stonehenge, the Mayan calendar, the Maltese cross, and the Sumerian zodiac. Dude's intense. Um, And he supposedly confirmed that Armstrong had reported these UFOs. Um, Hmm. I think this was a quote from his book. 
quote, only moments before Armstrong stepped down the ladder to set foot on the moon, two UFOs hovered overhead. Edwin Aldrin took several pictures of them. Some of these photographs have been published in the June 1975 issue of Modern People magazine, which I looked up and they're like the shittiest of shitty photos. Yes. And you can just kind of see like a light, I think, like up in one side. And a few of them were different looking. And so it was kind of unclear of like what was really what. Right. Um, but there was definitely nothing that I saw in those photos that was like an obvious craft. Definitive. Just some light. Right. Um, and Maurice Chatelaine also said, quote, the encounter was common knowledge in NASA, but nobody has talked about it until now. Interesting. He said, quote, all Apollo and Gemini flights were followed both at a distance and sometimes also quite closely by space vehicles of extraterrestrial origin, flying saucers or UFOs, if you want to call them by that name. Every time it occurred, the astronauts informed Mission Control, who then ordered absolute silence. Wow. Shit, dude. Um, and then, okay, so I don't know if you heard about this. There was an astronaut above uh, aboard Mercury 8. And this was, like, some flight that they did on, like, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Oh, the Santa thing. Santa thing. Yep. Um, which, god damn it, this just reminded me that I was supposed to look this up and see if it's happened more than once. Right. Um, because, so, Marie Chatelaine's idea here is that that astronaut was the first one to use Santa Claus as a code name oh. for indicating the presence of flying saucers. Um, so, this was something that he had announced at some point during this space flight. Right that please be informed that there is a Santa Claus. So this, again, happened either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and it said that many people sensed sort of like a hidden meaning in those words. Hmm. A lot of people took it as, one explanation I saw was that there was something that was, like, not necessarily going wrong with the mission, but something was, like, messed up, and they, like, fixed it or it got whatever sorted out. And so that was either him saying, like, we got what we wanted for Christmas. Then there was also some speculation that, um, the, like, NORAD, like, Santa tracker yeah. had started years before that. Mm-hmm. And so somebody else was speculating, too, that he essentially was, like, making a little light joke about, like, oh, you know, we're up here in space. We see that Santa's on his way type of thing. Like, we've right. confirmed. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, this Maurice Chatelain guy thinks that that was sort of a, a code, something that he could say that, you know, at the at the most would seem confusing to people but wouldn't be alarming but that was kind of their way. And yeah, I meant to look up to see if other astronauts have said that because it seems like it would either, you know, if they did say it as well as him, like him saying it once is like, okay, mm-hmm. I wouldn't really look too much into that. Right. Multiple astronauts saying it, especially like around non-Christmas time, that's either like, okay, maybe they're paying some type of tribute to him saying it. Right. It's like a some type of astronaut inside joke. It's a thing. Or it's a code word right. for like... That would make a lot of sense. You know, yeah. Having like a, a sort of canned response that's very out of the realm of like just sort of like what you would instinctually say in any moment. Like you'd have to consciously decide to say that phrase. Mm. So it's it's a good code phrase that's also like so absurd that like nobody's gonna read into it, but that would have enough meaning that it would be a good a good code phrase to say that's like, dude, fucking Santa Claus. Man. Santa Claus, yeah. And they switch to their like private like bandwidth or whatever so they yeah. can be like there's a fucking UFO up here and they're telling yeah. us to leave <laughs> yeah they're telling us to go we gotta go interesting yeah I know I meant to look that up and yeah like it, it was so perfect because it could just go either way right It is it a weird thing to say or is it just he was just making a little joke right making light of the situation you know sending a little message back who knows hmm. but aliens and like he said like that every time the astronauts were in space they were being surveilled mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, Scott Carpenter's quote about astronauts being surveilled, you know, constant surveillance by UFOs. Yeah, that was exactly what he said, too. Right. That, that like, every time they were up there, there was somebody. The theme. Either from far away or pretty close that was tailing them, watching them. Right. And again, not nothing more happening as far as we know. Right. But I just, just I just had a random watching. thought that I've never thought about before. <laughs> so I've thought a lot about what aliens could be. I think I've said it on Unknow- Unknowable before, but talking about how aliens could be time-traveling humans from the future, mm. not aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, so what if all of these, like, you know, it's not surveillance, but what if it's sightseeing? Mm. What if in the future there's humans who are able to travel back in time? Oh, shit. You pay money to take a, a ride, essentially, like Disney World, but like, oh, we're going to fly by the uh, Apollo 11 aircraft today. Oh, that would be pay awesome. Money. You pay money. You just ride by, you know, people like tourists taking photos out the window. Damn. And you fly by Apollo 11 and see That's like amazing. what the first humans in space looked like. Yeah. If we lived in the future and Nate had the money, he would pay to do that. Oh, hell yeah. He I would, would be too. like, yeah, I can go see like one of the awesome like space flights. Travel yeah. back in time and see that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. What if that's what UFOs have been this whole time? What if it's, there's nothing sinister? There's no surveillance. They just seem like they're surveilling because you gotta you gotta give the you know the public what they want. They well, want to see. Maybe these touristy aliens should stop mutilating cows. Then right. Oh that's, yeah, that's, that's a little true. fucked. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I what mean, if, what if in knows? the future we have like better you know like they're trying to figure out like what was in the soil or like what if we've killed the earth in the future and we're trying yeah. to figure out how to get like the nitrogen balance in the soil quite right so they. Cut open some cow's stomach so that they can, you know, grab the grass and figure out. I don't fucking know. Gross, dude. Some kind of science. Gross. It's all twelve monkeys. Need to chill. Try I mean, to... it reminds me of a little bit of um, Westworld. I don't know if you ever I have not saw that, that movie or the show. Yeah, essentially in the show and the movie, like they we live in a world where they have made this kind of. The in the show or the movie in particular, I think the movie was from the seventies, um, which is obviously what the show is based on. They like the three worlds that they can go back to are either like the Wild West, um, I think maybe like the Renaissance period, and then like ancient Greece or something. Like three, like I wouldn't choose any of those no. if I if I had a choice. I'm like you could do anything. Right. Um, but the whole idea is that we live in this time where you can go on like a very fancy expensive vacation to one of these time periods you're not actually going back in time but they have made this artificial world um that's kind of all self-contained and a lot of it is i feel like i can't remember if it's super clear i know at least in the show a lot of it is like not actually there but they, they have this technology to like holograms and shit yeah like really realistic like real holograms but the people that exist in this world for the most part are these kind of like artificial intelligence type of beings that are not human, but they're made to like totally mimic human behavior and whatever. Um, shit, where was I going with this? Just the idea of like vacation. Oh yeah. Okay. So, you know, most people go back to those times in both the movie and the show and they're just having a good time. Like they just want to chill and just see what it was like. And it's just, you know, it's a break from reality. Um, but then there are the people that want to go back to the wild west and like, fucking shoot people yeah you know so like maybe it's like that like these people are coming back to earth as these people from the future and maybe you know some of them were just like hey i just want to watch and see what's going on like i just want to you know 
see what's happening. I want to fly over, and you know, people are getting freaked out. Like, oh no, we should go. Right. But then maybe there's the people who are like, let's go fucking abduct somebody. Right. Like, let's, let's do like fuck some shit up. Cut some cows up. <laughs> yeah. Or like the guy gets fucking hammered, and then he crashes in 1947 in Roswell, New Mexico. Exactly. And they're like, God damn it, dude. dude now we gotta clean this up. Damn it. Interesting. Yeah. That would actually explain a lot. Yeah. So. That's my theory. That's yeah. our that's our unknowable theory for today. Yeah. That's what aliens are. Aliens are people from the future. Awful um tourists. Yeah. Time traveling from Some the good tourists. Some good. Like I mean, mostly good. Neutral. Few few bad ones. Yeah. There's always some bad apples. I wonder what the carbon footprint of traveling back in time is. Right? Probably not great. Probably not great. We probably haven't I mean, maybe by then we've fixed that, but Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. So Watch Westworld. Watch Westworld. In particular, the show is super cool because it has Anthony Hopkins in it, oh. and he's awesome, and it's really intense. The movie, not quite as great. We watched it recently. It was okay. Interesting. It's not not nearly as cool. The show is fucking cool, but the concept is amazing. Yeah. So the movie is one of those, I'm like, damn it, Like this is a really cool concept. Super cool idea. Don't think they could really pull it off that the way they wanted to in the 70s, and like the movie, for me, kind of falls flat. But yeah. the show is fucking cool because now they've taken this like futuristic concept that they tried in the 70s that you just can't pull off a lot of that stuff. Like a lot of sci-fi from that time is like oh, yeah. the idea is brilliant, but you just you don't have the capability right. to make this look cool. But now doing the show, I don't remember exactly what year, but, you know, in yeah. the 2016, 17, whatever range okay. the show started, like you've got now the the high tech, you know, CGI shit to like make this shit look really cool. Right. It's awesome. Interesting. Yeah. But Let's it's just, it you know. It's cool. It's like, it's sci-fi, but it's not, it's not like space. I know you don't like, Gray doesn't like Star Trek nope. or anything like that, but he likes X-Files. That's like, takes place on Earth, but has aliens. Right. It's a good blend. So this is kind of a good blend. This is like on Earth. This is technology, not so much like supernatural, anything like that, but it's just cool, crazy technology. But then of course you get the aspect of like the artificial intelligence. Maybe right. is a little more intelligent than we think it's going to be. Yep. Always the fucking downfall. Oh, yeah. Whoever thinks that they're going to... We just started watching a show called Humans. Yeah. Um, we actually... This is the second show in a row that we have watched specifically because Nate likes the composer that does the music. Classic. It's just got some interesting music. So we watched a show um, called Dirk Gently's Holistic... Uh, Holistic Investigation Agency? Doesn't matter. Look it up. Dirk Gently. It's a cool show. It's got Elijah Wood in it. Um, we watched two seasons, which is all that exists because it got canceled, which I think it might have gotten canceled because the director was accused of, like, some sexual assault stuff. Made me really pissed because I didn't find out until I finished. Like, a yeah. friend of mine told me, and I was like, damn it, I probably wouldn't have, like, watched it if mm -hmm. I had known. But those allegations didn't come out until after the second season, and then it, like, wasn't renewed or something. But um, the different director, same composer, worked on this show called Humans. And it's, again, the same idea that we live in this world where there are artificial intelligence that essentially were created to be, like, maids and nannies and, and things like that to do shit for us. The idea is that so we can simplify our lives and not have to worry about that shit. Right. But then, of course, we're getting to a point in the show of, like, a revolution where the humans are like, come on, like, they're taking over everything. They're taking all our jobs type of. It's like a weird, exactly you know. Exactly where we are right now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, there's, like, these few of the artificial intelligence um, that are, again, a little bit more sentient than they would like them to be. Yeah. So that's we are engineering cool the means concept. of our own destruction. Yes. Interesting. Basically. Yeah, that's the theme of everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Got nice. a little off topic there. <laughs> but astronauts yes. and aliens. This is a good episode. It was pretty good. I think it's a really fascinating concept to yeah. think about what those who have left Earth's orbit 
have seen that they can't explain. Exactly. Because, again, they know more than we do. Yeah. And for them to risk their reputation, it's not the same as if I came out and said I saw a UFO. My reputation is not going to be damaged that much. No. It still will, right. but I don't have that much to lose. I'm right. not going to, like, lose my job. Right. I'm not going to lose, might lose some friends, but, like, you know, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Right. But somebody really high up in the government, an yeah. astronaut, somebody, like, in the the sphere of that saying that kind of stuff, like, has a lot more to lose. Oh, yeah. If we just, just looking at the baseline of them losing their job or losing their credibility, but higher up than that, if we, again, believe that we're in the X-Files world. Yes. They could be risking their lives. They could be disappeared. Yeah. To Area 51. So that's some scary shit. Right. So I, I tend to believe if they say that they saw some weird shit and they can't explain it, I believe it. I want to believe. I want to believe. So, episode 21. Unknowable. Unknowable. Stay tuned next week. We're talking about Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Finally. Finally. I, know. I don't know why this took so long. Right. But talking about Bigfoot, so that's going to be good. It's going to be a good episode. Yeah. Get back to our cryptid roots. Exactly. All right. All right. This was episode 21 of Unknowable. Love you.